Please be seated. Every year, Jesus' parents traveled to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up as they always did for the feast. When it was over and they left for home, the child Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents didn't know it. Thinking he was somewhere in the company of pilgrims, they journeyed for a whole day and then began looking for him among relatives and neighbors. When they didn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem looking for him. The next day, they found him in the temple seated among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. The teachers were all quite taken with him, impressed with the sharpness of his answers. But his parents were not impressed. They were upset and hurt. His mother said, young man, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been half out of our minds looking for you. He said, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that I had to be here dealing with the things of my father? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they had no idea what he was talking about. So he went back to Nazareth with them and lived obediently with them. His mother held these things dearly, deep within herself, and Jesus matured, growing up in both body and spirit, blessed by both God and people. Now there are many points that we might glean from this passage of Scripture, and from each point we could no doubt extract a great amount of useful sermon material. But this morning, I want to focus on Jesus' response to his mother when they finally, after three days of his being missing from them, they find him in the temple and she says, Young man, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been half out of our minds looking for you which the young master replies, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? About my father's business. That's quite a statement for a 12-year-old boy. It truly is a statement of remarkable self-awareness on Jesus' part as to what his father's purpose for his life is. And it makes me think about at what point I became aware of God's purpose for my life. I promise you it wasn't at 12 years old. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever spent any time thinking about God's plan and purpose for your life? And just when exactly it was that you became consciously aware of it? 
Well, wait a minute, preacher. You might be thinking. I'm not sure I'm even aware, even now, what God's plan is for my life, what God's purpose for my life might be. Now, if that sounds at all like you, then do not let your heart be troubled. Because you are not the only one still trying to figure this out. Whether you're 12 or 112, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And with just a little scriptural perspective, He's given each of us the gift of discernment to figure out what that purpose is. And the thing we need to realize here is that it's never too late to figure out what that is. So if you're not 12 years old right now and you don't know what God's plan is for your life, that's okay. Because the Holy Spirit working within you will give you the ability to discern what that purpose is. So this morning, I want to spend a minute or two on this idea of being about the Father's business. See, when I was 12, my dad made his living as an engineer. His forte was designing and managing the construction of chemical refineries. And he was good at it. See, he could do architectural and technical drawings, and he could calculate these complicated production equations, and he could manage logistics and control costs, and he could see a project through from its inception to completion, going from the drawing board to a physical plant being constructed. And I always thought that his skill was really remarkable. And I could tell that he was well respected in his field and that people wanted him to come work for them to build their refineries. And as I watched him as I was growing up, I wanted to be just like him. And I decided that I would set out to do what he did when I got older. I decided I was going to be an engineer just like my dad. Well, as I entered high school, I discovered that I was not terribly skilled in geometry or trigonometry or calculus or any of those disciplines that are required to follow in my dad's footsteps. See, my skill set was different. I, I excelled in English and reading and writing and communicating thoughts and ideas useful skills, but had nothing to do with building refineries and managing technical projects like my dad. Different skill set entirely. But despite my struggle through high school mathematics, I entered college still determined to succeed in some field related to my dad's business. I wanted to be about my father's business. But try as I might, my heavenly father had other plans for me 
and I finally abandoned my pursuit of the family business. Now I tell you that, beef, that, that brief bit of personal history because I think it serves to demonstrate that in most of our lives, our thoughts of controlling our own destiny are many times contrary to God's greater good for our lives. See, God has our highest good always in mind. Even when we can't see it in our circumstances immediately, you can rest assured that He is walking ahead of you, paving the way and orchestrating things for your benefit. If I can paraphrase the prophet Isaiah, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So what does that mean to those of us who are still unsure of what God's plan and purpose for us might be? One of the things that I found to be an obstacle in finding God's purpose is that we tend to hang on to our own ideas even when we seem to be clearly swimming upstream, swimming against the current, resisting the will of God in favor of our own willfulness. In many cases, it's true that the thing most likely to get in the way of realizing God's plan for us is us. So how do we get out of the way? How do we stop being about our own busyness and start being about the Father's business? In Ephesians It says, for surely you have heard about him and were taught in him as truth is in Jesus. You were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lusts, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to clothe yourselves with the new self, Created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. See, when we put away our desires and ideas about controlling our destiny and turn our lives over to serving the living Christ, then we open the floodgates of His love, His wisdom, His guidance. His mercy and His grace. And we start to see more clearly the path He has so carefully and lovingly chosen for each of us. Jesus said, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Denying ourselves clears the way for us to selflessly, with humble and contrite hearts, to selflessly 
put the business of the kingdom of God ahead of our own personal agendas. So we have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit work in us. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out. To transform us so that we can shed the old self and let Christ live in us. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul said, It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Allowing Christ to live in us sets our hearts beating to a new rhythm. The rhythm of our lives changes from one of discord to one of harmony. We cease to be about us and we begin to be about the things of the Father, like Christ, about our Father's business, abiding within the boundaries of His perfect will for our lives. So, Pastor, I think I get the idea of letting go of myself and letting Christ live in me. I think I get that. But I'm only human. And sometimes the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, I understand where you're coming from if that sounds like you. See, I found that as in most things in life, spiritual discipline requires practice. Giving up yourself and being more like Christ requires daily exercise of all things spiritual and holy. And Paul gives us some good advice for daily Christ-like attitude adjustment. I need that every day. It's kind of like doing spiritual calisthenics to condition us for being about the Father's business instead of our own. In Colossians, Paul says, As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. 
And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's some good advice from Paul. You know, as the years have passed, I have realized that God's way is always the best way. There was a time when I thought that I had let the family down by not following in my dad's professional footsteps. But as my spiritual understanding and relationship with my Savior grew, I came to realize the joy of allowing Christ to be Lord of my life. Now, my dad's been gone for some time now. And he never got to hear me preach God's word. In fact, the first time I ever delivered a sermon was at my dad's funeral. But I know that my dad would have been pleased with my decision to give my life and my profession over to Jesus. And I know that he would not at all mind that I had chosen to be about my father's business rather than his own. The point I'm trying to make is that whatever God calls you to is being about the Father's business if you do it for His honor and for His glory. I think that's the key. Being about the Father's business means that you approach everything, every job, every menial task by praying like it all depends on God and working at it like it all depends on you with an attitude of reverence and humility and a genuine desire to see His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's being about the Father's business. To His glory. To His honor. In Jesus' name. Amen.